It is biscuit time. It's biscuit time. It's biscuit time. It's even better because they're biscuits I got for free on the train. Free biscuits? Completely free. That's how the rich stay rich and the poor get poorer. Yeah. Hi, I'm John, no H, and I found out that polar coordinates have nothing to do with bears. And I'm John, and I want a three roast dinners in one sitting. And I'm not John, and this is Would John Rather, a podcast where I ask two people called John, with no prior knowledge, would you rather questions, and then we discuss. We'll get right to it, shall we? Any any objections? Anything anything new happening that we need to discuss before we uh, dive right in? Uh, I'd like to address the fact that you do this every week and we've got no choice, because we're actually being kept in a Fritzl basement, and we're doing this completely nutty against our will. So it's rhetorical. Good. Would you rather? <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather be extremely skilled with guns or swords? Swords, because we do not have guns in this country that are easily available. Um, and you could replace your swords with lengths of pipe or bits of wood and flail them around and be like really cool looking in B and Q, and people wouldn't would mess with you. Whereas if you were like swinging a six shooter around your finger in B and Q, they'd probably call the police. <laughs> uh, well, I'd rather be really skilled with with guns because, contrary to what. John just said they will soon be freely available to everyone. Uh, There's a a lawsuit going on in the United States about whether uh, uh, an organization should be allowed to put the blueprints for a gun that could be printed using a 3D printer, uh, whether they should be allowed to disperse that online. And uh, I suspect that with the Second Amendment, uh, they will eventually get their way. So, uh, yeah, bring on the the uh, end of the world, and uh, I'll be ready for it, because I'll be really skilled with guns. Yeah, thanks, Obama. <laughs> and where, where is your 3D printer, Mr. Mr. John? Where is it? Well, I don't have one. Where are you um, going to buy your ammunition from? <laughs> I'll print it. I'm just going to print some gunpowder, yeah. That's, that's going to work. Um, I, I was just thinking I should have picked guns, because down the road is a sort of hunting and fishing and general outdoory farmer shop, and they sell uh, 12-gauge shotguns and air rifles and things. So as a as a you know a tool for impressing people, that would have been quite good. But, you know, that's just horses for courses. It's just what I've got nearby. But what I've got even closer is a big length of wood. I can grab at one end flail it round and do some crazy Shaolin exhibitionism with it. And then if someone were, were to come at me, then I could uh, aim for the jugular and impale them with it because I'd be using it as a sword. And then if I were to have a real sword, then shit would get real. Yeah, but it's 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 in it's a comedy scene in a lot of action films where, you know, there's the crazy ninja spinning his sword around and then the cowboy just pulls out a revolver and shoots him. I mean, it's it's a classic sketch, but uh, I think it's it's timeless. It was only ever put in Indiana Jones because Harrison Ford had dysentery, and there was supposed to be a big fight scene, but Harrison Ford <laughs> was hanging out his ass, and they went, um, 
do you just want to shoot him instead and then we'll get on with the rest of the film? And he was like, yeah, yeah, let's please do that. But your availability to get a firearm is going to be your biggest hurdle, John. And then just... I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I'd like squeal on you, but you know, stitches do get stitches, but I, I wouldn't be happy that you have a firearm in Greater London <laughs> that was unregistered because you wouldn't be able to register it because you're not allowed it. Well, that doesn't mean they're not available. And especially now, in London. And, and How many gangs do you know? How many shady-looking characters do you know that you can meet up in a pub, you sign them some money, and they hand you an envelope that happens to have a, a 22 stub nose in it? Sounds a lot like my stag do. This is true. That was that Your stag do that wasn't in London. <laughs> yeah, and they, oh, wouldn't, they I mean... wouldn't let me on the plane with my crossbow, so... <laughs> <laughs> all, all I've learned so far is that if I'm ever going to get a gun, not to tell John because he'll uh, he'll dob me in, dob me <laughs> into the fuzz. Proper grass you up, mate. Um, if, if we're going to talk about like one of my favourite subjects in the world, which is the zombie apocalypse, um, having a weapon that doesn't make a massive amount of noise would be way more useful than something that would create a lot of noise and then draw them towards you. Are you are you too familiar with the the Walking Dead series on um, Fox? I'm quite familiar, and you must agree with me that Michonne is possibly the best character with her use of two samurai swords, just walking through zombies' approach, one very quick and efficient movement, and their heads already rolling across the floor. Yeah, but she's really moody. The, the question wasn't, would you like to be a samurai, but be moody, or use a gun? Well, I'm just saying that swords make people moody, whereas guns just make people excited and terrified. Excited and terrified. You, you've literally just summarised the United States in one sentence. <laughs> Excitable oh, yeah. and terrified. I'm trying to think of some really famous samurai, but I'm, I'm way too Western and not into my anime. Samurai brain. Jack! Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Or... But... Awesome. What about any of, the, any of the knights of the round table? Ah, ah, one of John's favourite characters is Leonardo the Ninja Turtle. I think he's way cooler than Billy the Kid. Or any of the Mouseketeers, or the Musketeers for that matter. <laughs> or the fictional, but I'll take it. Yeah, sorry, I was thinking of just katanas, because um, they are like the apex of swords. They've got a nice long handle for good leverage. They're really strong. Because they, they, um, the, the sort of Damascus steel they use for them, they're also quite flexible. They don't break and shatter in the same way as other swords would do, and they're also very light considering what they can achieve. And their cutting ability is just unmatched. I think if if you were gonna like I don't know decide to go rogue and you were gonna go into like a village full of people and say, look, you're gonna do what I say, or I'm gonna gonna inflict some some horrible wounds on people. Yes, you could shoot someone. Loud bang, and they've got a small hole in them. Oh, that's no, that's not great. If you chop someone's arm off, they'd be rolling on the floor. You, you could possibly stop them bleeding to death beforehand, but there'd just be a severed limb on the floor. That's that's quite visually striking. I was going to bring up the concept of gun blades, which is a gun sword, which is in various computer games, animes, and things like that. But as much as we are going to sidestep the political thing of uh, the right to bear arms and things in the states, one of you might be able to correct me, but isn't it against their laws and regulations that on their guns they're allowed to have a bayonet because it's deemed too dangerous? 
I could be mistaken, but I'm sure I read that somewhere. Well, you went to America, and John has married an American. I just like their sport, so balls in your both of your courts. Well, that's no good, because you're the one that likes the sport, so the ball needs to be in your court. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah. was, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case, that baiting it. It's probably, if from what I know about America is that most laws are made by the states, so there probably is a state where guns are allowed to be carried around in holsters, but you're not allowed a bayonet on them. That probably is a thing. I know that it, in America it's illegal to import Kinder Eggs because they don't know what's inside and they don't trust them. <laughs> I mean, who does trust them? The it's, last... me. It's, it's edible chocolate and then a fun toy. Hmm. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there and then I'm gonna make a decision. And I'm only throwing this out there because I know that at least one of the Johns gets angry when I make my decision and I don't give them a chance to defend it. So I'm just gonna say one word. I'm gonna give I don't you know a little... who you're talking about. No idea. And then I'm gonna give you a little bit of time to discuss and then I'll make my decision. Cannons. It's a type of gun, I suppose, but as as things have evolved, a cannon is a cannon and a gun is a gun. Um, is this similar to how your spoon is a spoon is a spoon? Well, <laughs> if if we're talking about um, if if you're proficient with guns, you'd probably be talking about small arms. I'd I'd be well impressed if you did a cowboy accuracy show where you put a cannon over your shoulder, used a mirror, and shot an apple off of someone's head using a cannon. Well, no, because you can you like, can like, like three times the weight of yourself. Yeah, you couldn't put a cannon on your shoulder. Well, no, because it's not a small arm, is it? I never said small arm. I just said gun. I was just curious to know. So you feel as though a cannon isn't a gun? No, I, I feel a cannon's a cannon. It's like, what sort of um, skill could you have with a howitzer? I think uh, artillery in general revolutionised war in the 20th century. So I think it absolutely has to be included in my skill set. Without artillery... How, how am I supposed to defend myself when the enemy is over a mile away? And also, John, if he's not allowed a cannon, but you're allowed just a piece of wood or brass piping or something like that, how is that fair? A cannon we're, talking is more, about, we're talking about skill sets, aren't we? A cannon is more like a gun than a brass pipe is like a sword. So <laughs> my brass pipe, I, I pick it up and instantly drop it because I can't wield it like a sword. Because... Apparently my hands don't work that way. No, I, I have nothing against you using that your skill set in that way, but it seems like you're trying to uh, stifle John's creativeness and his skill set. Not at all. If he wants to go into laser tag and go 100% accuracy through the whole yes, thing... Yes, laser tag! With a laser cannon. <laughs> why, are you give, why are you giving him cannons? <laughs> I was thinking about like the cowboy shooting shows where they like they, they shoot the, the aces out of a deck of cards and crazy like that or they use a mirror with the, the yellow boy um, repeat an 1886 rifle over their shoulder like cool stuff you but can have nowadays the, you can have nowadays you can have you can have things that probably have a similar impact of a cannon on a handheld gun basically grenade launchers like one of the greatest one of my favourite film moments of all time 
It's the scene where Tony Montana say hello to my little friend. <laughs> yeah, that skill of a gun, kind of. I mean, if he can do it. Pray and spray. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've listened to you debate after last week where I uh, stayed silent. I've tried to not get too involved because sometimes I do. I get a bit too close to the subject. I'm going to rule in favour of swords for two reasons. Number one, I don't trust John with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't trust John with a bit of wood. Num- number two, I'm going to get a gun because I don't trust John with a sword either. <laughs> but due to the Indiana Jones scene that you brought up, I feel that's more manageable. So, swords win. Just. I think as well, it's probably a bit more... It'd be easier to boast and show off with a sword. You could just go buy a toy lightsaber and like do some cool shit than it would be with a gun. Although it would be pretty cool to give one of you like a toy saber and one of you a toy nerf gun and watch one of you shoot at the other while you're deflecting nerf bullets with your sword and then the other one reloads while he's like, I don't know. I'm getting... Bury getting... sword through the other one's chest. Yeah. Oh, I, sh- I should have claimed I was a Jedi. Well, it's too late we for We all that. know how cool lightsabers are. Tweet at us, would you rather if you think a lightsaber counts as a sword, or if a cannon counts as a gun, or if a piece of wood counts as a sword, <laughs> or if you trust either of them with any sort of weapon. The, uh, the, the clue is in the name, saber type of sword, just saying. Because you did, you did that to me last week, so I think you'd be a hypocrite if you denied me a lightsaber. Okay. I was I was merely asking the the fans. Do we have a name for our fans? The John Alsteins. <laughs> the other not Johns. But what if they're fans and they're called? What if they're the fans John. and they're called Johns? Occasionally the the other John. I don't know. What what do you want to call yourselves? Tweet at us. I'm John. Would rather. That's J O N. Would rather. On Twitter. On. Instagram, Facebook, all, 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 of the, all of the things. And I would welcome emails, unlike the other John. I'd welcome your emails too. Send them to john at johnwoodrather.com That's not a real email address. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you give out your uh, Twitters, it sounds it, it's very reminiscent of being at a post office. Because, John, you go very to the point. You go, that's John would rather, J-O-N would rather, is now free. Whereas the other John is very much like being at an actual post office and not much help. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to a post office where you have to walk in. Can you help me with this? Yes, you have to do it online. Thanks, post office. (laughs) You need to go to the... We don't have any. Uh, You actually need to join the other queue. Yeah. This, oh. <laughs> this is the key for people that only want to buy second class large stamps. <laughs> <laughs> and there will definitely be 40 old age pensioners there 20 minutes before it opens when you're trying to get to work on time and they've got nowhere to go all day. Because they're the only ones that remember how stamps work. God, do you think in our lifetime there will be a generation of people who don't understand how stamps work? I've got yes. to explain. To, I've got to explain to my little boy that once the internet wasn't everywhere all at the same time, 
you, you had to go to the special room in the house that had the computer, make sure your mum didn't want to talk to your aunt, so you could hook your computer up using the really long reeled um, telephone cables. And you have to wait for this stupid grey box that's flashing lights to make the stupidest, craziest noise you've ever heard in your life. And if you wanted to look at a picture, you had to commit to it because it was going to take you five minutes to see what it was. How am I supposed to explain that to a child that's that's just watched Iron Man via Netflix this evening? Just be one of those relics, like the wireless. Well, seeing as it's... Biplanes. It seems a very good time. There's a question that I've been sort of saving for the right moment. Um, but I'm going to ask it now because we seem to be feeding into it. And I was excited for this question, but we'll do it next time we record. So I want you to be very succinct. I'm putting a timer on this question because we got a bit distracted talking about post offices. <laughs> so plan, plan your arguments carefully, guys. Would you rather grow up in your parents' generation or your child's generation? Now, before you start, John, I know you don't have a child, but I'm sure you can figure out what I mean. <laughs> I absolutely want to grow up in our children's generation because the past is terrible. I, I, I think you're talking utter, utter nonsense there, John, because if I grew up in my parents' generation, I could fly out to the States for, like, £12.50 and I could go by myself a 1969 Dodge Charger before they became collectible and incredibly valuable and I could just stockpile them and I could laugh and it would be amazing because I'd have the car of my dreams for what is probably going to be the price for 2001 Mondeo right now and it would be wonderful. I, I don't care about any of the consequences. You, back in the back in the day the average, average wage was something like £25,000 could buy a house for £22,000. Now the average wage is like 30-something, and houses are £150,000. Even though, no, they're probably they're probably even more than that. Houses are just ridiculous. Uh, I just I can't kind of well you you live in London you know what it's like but I just I can't fathom how astronomically they've gone out of line with wages. It just does not make sense. I was I mean, going to say ahead of the curve. I I could be a property mogul because I know that houses now only make money. I could have bought nice big swathes of land, like, and then sold them off to the development companies. And I could, I could be on the ground layer of where the internet's going, and I could be the next. Well, I could, I could have been Mark Zuckerberg or something interesting. Whereas, if you're going to live in our child's generation, you've got to do something pretty exceptional, because everyone thinks they can do anything they want, and they're going to do it. But I'm, I'm an optimist. I think everything gets better. I'm not. I'm not one of these people who hark back to a golden age, like a, some sort of UKIP voter. I'm, you know, I've got a lot of optimism for the future. Everything, you know, medicine gets better, technology gets better, our standard of living actually gets a lot better. You know, yeah, you could buy a house for 30 pence, but, you know, life is more than just owning a house that costs you 30 pence. It's about it's about how you live it, and it's about getting out there and exploring the world. You know, back back in our parents' generation, they didn't know that they didn't know that the world went beyond the English Channel because they didn't have the internet to tell them. <laughs> my my parents were born a I think something like sixty sixty eight and sixty nine or like something like that. They weren't they weren't born in 
1669. Yeah, so around around the time that... Uh, I'm sure my mum and dad know that France existed. Yeah, but only because they had to go to yeah. a library and look at it in an encyclopedia. We're Other only going, than that, they would have never known. We're only going back a couple of decades, John, not where like people would live to the ripe old age of childbirth. We're not we're not going back <laughs> super far. The point is, is you you only you'd only know about it because you'd have to go to like a library and read it up. You can't. So you'd, you can't you'd have to use you have to use your own smarts and your own resources to think you have a solution rather than putting something at your pocket and it telling you because that's the easiest form of everything ever. Do you know what? I, that you, the the point is is we don't even know what technological advances and capabilities I will have in the future because they haven't even been invented yet. We're we're we're, we're talking about you were talking earlier about how you're going to have to explain to your child that the internet wasn't everywhere one day. Well, I, you know what? I think I think our children are going to invent something that goes beyond the internet, which that you're going to have. We're going to have to explain to once I grow up in the future. I'm going to have to explain to my children that we once had this thing called the internet. They'll just be. They'll just go. Oh, shut up, Granddad. It's just going to be so amazing. Just you wait. I, th- I think the future terrifies me. I'd like to go back to a simpler time when we thought that <laughs> in, 19, in 1985, in the year 2010, we are going to have flying cars. We were that naive and optimistic. Whereas now, what I know is the future is going to be terrifying because robots are going to take over. The sea is going to be full of nothing but plastic. And you won't be able to talk to anyone ever because you may assume something about them, not just their identity, the gender or their identity or anything like that because everyone's got so uptight about everything that everyone's going to have their own individual bathrooms and own individual personal spaces where no one can hurt them, because everyone's tending to snowflakes, rather than used to hit hit a hoop with a stick and eat dirt and work down to pit and all that lot. I mean, the thing is, with, with our generation, and we seem to get missed out, because we are, we're on the back end of being millennials, essentially, which upsets me that people talk about millennials, but forget that you know, 30-year-olds are still millennials, but we get grouped in with sort of that next generation down. But we grew up in quite a tough time where we, we were between those two generations, which is why I wanted to ask this question, because we grew up on the back end of all the, the financial benefits of, like, our parents' generation of almost the ignorance of how good they had it, but yet not, you know, our kids' generations will grow up knowing everything about technology, whereas we've had to teach it to ourselves, you know, I can use a computer quite well. I've got gaming consoles on mobile phones, but things like social media, they're not second nature to me, whereas our kids' generation, that will just be the same for us using a pen or riding a bike. It will be exactly the same to them. So it's we kind of grew up in this gap in the middle where we've had to have the worst of both worlds, and you could probably frame that very easily to be the best of both worlds, where we remember what it's like to use a payphone. But... You you mean a public toilet? Well, yes. The the point I was making was actually that we're very we're actually terrible at predicting what the future will be like. If you look at all those films from, you know, John was talking about how we were our parents' generation were a little bit naive about what the future would be like. Well, they didn't. If you look back at films like Blade Runner, made in the olden days, they didn't. <laughs> they still they they, they, they 
they still in that film they still go to like a payphone. They hadn't they hadn't even thought of the concept of a mobile phone. So you know the, the possibilities that that you're going to miss out on by living in the past. It's just you know I I, I don't want to comprehend that. The world is a is a changing and scary place, and I'm only uh, just about hanging on. I don't live in Metropolis London, where you see crazy people dressed in steampunk outfits going to work. I, I can't get my head around that. I understand people want to be individual. But it just blows my mind. It really does. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it there, and I've actually just done a full 360, 720, whatever. So I was originally going to go with our parents' generation, based on something you were saying, John, about people being precious snowflakes and... You don't know what you can and can't say and everything else. And yeah, everyone's got a voice. Everyone should be heard. But I don't believe everyone deserves to be heard because the same reason I don't believe everyone deserves to vote because most people don't know what they're voting for. They just go by whatever they see on social media. And that was going to be my answer. But could you imagine being our parents' generation now trying to understand what's going on? That's how you end up with the English Defence League and oh, I'm not racist, but um, all back in my day, that's that's going to happen whatever. But there has been such a big change in the last sort of 30, 40 years that I'm stubborn enough as it is, and I'm not prepared to change that much. I'm definitely quite old-fashioned in some of my feelings and beliefs that I think growing up in our children's generation, I might not be quite so set in my ways and maybe be a bit more open to some of the things I don't agree with. And that's not to say that I don't believe in equality or anything like that. I just find it difficult when people are offended because they don't believe that a hot dog is a gender or things like that. I just can't get my head around it. And to have grown up in our parents' generation, that would have made things like that even harder. And I wish I had the understanding, and I think our children's generation will have that understanding, unless they've got you know, an upbringing which doesn't allow it, which I believe the school system is one of the few things that they're actually doing is acceptance. So, yeah, I'm going to go with our kids' generation based purely on I wish I could be more accepting of certain things than I am. So now, now you've said that, I've realised the one thing that terrifies me more than anything else is logging onto Facebook and seeing that my nan has commented on something that I've done or been tagged in. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying, like, I'm a, big, I'm a big brave man and I'm not scared of anything. It's just I'm, I'm quite used to what I'm doing, so there's nothing new that's going to push me and like intimidate me. But that is one thing that still actually does haunt me. I mean, I think that just reinforces my win, doesn't it? It does. So I'm, I'm sorry to say, but it does. <laughs> but, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not happy that children are our future, but they are. Children are part of the solution, not part of the problem. And everything that the children are going to have to deal with is things that our generation and the generations before have, us have caused for them. I'm sure they'll cause problems for their own children. Oh, of course they will. Of course. And it will, this is all we do. We just we put, put, off, put off till tomorrow what we could do today. And we go, ah, fuck the environment. That's something someone else can deal with. And now we have to recycle. <laughs> How do Did you know the blokes that invented leaded petrol, which is a huge pollutant, also invented um, CFCs and refrigerants <laughs> that make holes in the ozone layer? So one bloke <laughs> single-handedly sped up climate change it's like real thank you victorian era thanks for that <laughs> so yeah so um well now i want to change my answer because 
now I'm feeling like I'd rather be part of the problem than part of the solution, so I don't have to deal with the problem. But no, we'll go we'll go with our kids' generation. Just I think acceptance is of a lot of things, and not just people, but ideas and concepts. I think it's it gets easier the younger you are, and there's been so much development in the last fifty years that, as much as I'm sure there will be in the future, even more so. I just think it'd be a bit easier to understand certain things. The worlds are changing, and I feel as though we collectively, as our thirty-something selves, definitely are a bit too old to be jumping on that train. Woo. Okay. Well, it's uh, it's my turn to ask you a question, and I'm going to carry on with the uh, slightly retro vibe. Ooh. This is a massive. This is a massive reach. Uh, but would you rather bum bags came <laughs> into fashion or flared trousers? Flared trousers, hundred percent. Think of all the different colours you could have a bum bag in and think of how useful it is to store things in there. They are, but I don't trust bum bags. I've never trusted bum bags and I used to wear flared trousers and I genuinely regularly find myself seeing pictures of flares and going, oh, I wish I could I wish I could wear a pair of those, but you can't because people aren't, as discussed previously, people aren't as accepting as they should be of certain things. And... On the flip side, I'm one of those people that does not accept bum bags. I go to music festivals every year. I see people wearing them. It's just a big pocket. So all it is is a bum bag. It's a big pocket. It's got a clip on it that could easily come loose that you wouldn't notice. Not a fan of bum bags. I prefer my pockets. They're very close to my my gentleman's uh, personal area. So I'm quite, uh, quite sensitive to knowing if anybody's around there. And I've never had a problem with using pockets before. So... I just don't, I don't get bum bags at all. I've got a couple of close friends who swear by bum bags. I don't get them. <laughs> swear by bum bags. They swear by bum bags. There's, and this is my, this is my public forum. Thank you very much to address them directly. Friends, why do you wear bum bags? I mean, I can almost, I almost get it on the female side because it means I don't have to carry a bag to certain occasions. But guys, you've got pockets. So this is this is an issue with the fashion industry. They need to give women more pockets, and then nobody will have to wear bum bags. I'm calling it now. All all of the the, the Johns and the not Johns of the world. Let's let's start a protest. Let's stop and end the industry for bum bags. Let's finish it now. Let's get let's get that done. Bum bags can be a thing of the past, like dodos and. <laughs> let's I, just... I have I have a question. What what does swear buying involve? Does it involve going into a shop and screaming in profanities at the at the uh, the shop assistant? No, it just means that they will use them for any occasion that involves any sort of physical activity. So music festivals, just... zoos, fun fairs, mountain oh, climbing. That's, that's much 90s, 90s style raves. I thought you meant that they went into shops and they swore by them. Stood next to the bum bags and just said, "Titty biscuits." Titty biscuits. I'm, I'm fucking buying this. <laughs> and there's a, there's another reason that I don't want bum bags to exist anymore because clearly bum bags are the number one cause of Tourette syndrome. <laughs> Did you know in America they're called fanny packs? Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, America. I, I understand that you have different words for things that we call different things, but fanny packs is just no. Well, they call bums fannies, and they call bags packs, so it's a fanny pack. I don't have an issue with what it's called. I have an issue with what it represents. If you're 
a female that's wearing a bum bag, it's because you don't have enough pockets. And if you're a man that's wearing a bum bag, it probably... I don't know. Probably means probably means you're Mr. Motivator. Yeah. Because you don't have any pockets in Lycra. Well, exactly. So, I just... It's functional. Uh... Useful. I'm hearing a lot of negatives for bum bags because you don't understand the concept of them. And that's that's quite, you know... You're putting them down. You're you're excluding them from the conversation. <laughs> I'd like to hear some pros for flare trousers. Well, I'm glad that you asked. While I've got a forum to project this, the the main reason that I would like to uh, end bum bags is because I've actually been starting to develop with a fashion company and with a uh, a, a uh, fabrics company. So I've developed my own new thing, which is uh, ankle bags, which is very similar to a bum bag, but you put them on your ankle. And with the inclusion of flared trousers, nobody will see that garish thing that you're carrying. Everybody knows that people like to store things in their socks, so it's you know a bit of money or a phone or things like that if, if they need to uh, to be doing something athletic. So why not just miss it out? I know that uh, divers tend to have little packs they keep on their ankles sometimes. It would be much easier for... But no, it's, it's ankle knives. Well, there we go. Scuba knives. It just it would make more sense for it to be hidden and out of the way. I'm very fa- fashion over function. <laughs> to anybody that knows me knows that's not true. But in in this example, I just hate bum bags because they're just pockets for the sake of pockets. And I liked wearing do flares. You like, do you love flares? I love do. flares. Do you like a corduroy flare? No, I didn't like a corduroy flare. Never was a fan of corduroy whatsoever. Is there anything else you want to say while stood on top of your soapbox? Yeah, because I feel as though the Adidas poppers and all the other popper trousers were very similar to flares, and I was a big fan of them, and I want them to come back as well. So it's not that I'm... It, it's a combination. I'm pro-flare and I'm anti-bum bag, so this is a good question. Matt, can, how do you feel about Ric Flair? Woo! <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I want a bum bag coal. Bumbag coal, I think, is the way forward. I've got I'd rather call bumbags than badgers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bloody dairy farmers. On, on that note, I think that's all we've got time for uh, this week. Any final notes, Johns? I'm just, I'm just see if we can find a bumbag in a charity shop and mail it to you. Please do. I could always use with things to burn. I've been John, and I'm going to go charity shop searching for bumbags. Because I've got nothing better to do in my life. And I've been John, and I'm going to go learn how to spin a revolver pistol round my fingers and put them into a holster really coolly. And I've been not John, and I want to grow up in my parents' generation while wearing flares, because it was just a simpler time. Hashtag old school. Hashtag retro. See you all next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Ta-ra! All the best. Au revoir. Bonjour. Take care. RV design. Cheers. Bye for now. Smell you later. You're really pushing smell you later. Yes, because it's it's 90s, it's retro, it's very Bart Simpson. (laughs) I bet he wore a bum bag at times time. Probably. Eat my fled shorts. (laughs) 